something tomorrow. Well, as we're recording this on on Wednesday evening, Toronto Maple Leaf players are now required to report for medicals. You know what that means? Roman Polak's back. <laughs> no. Oh no, he didn't sign. No, and and no no PTO, no no nothing Bert to keep Bruce him around. Back. Another team took that took that off that <laughs> took that bullet. I will say took that bullet, but. It's... Andrew Nielsen's elbowing people in the face. Oh, well, we'll get into that actually. That's one thing. One thing I do want to get into because we did have some Leafs hockey to kind of kind of prepare us. It, it the one thing I like about rookie term is like it it's like a soft soft opening. Like you know when restaurants do the grand opening, but they do a soft opening before, just to kind of feel it out. That's what the rookie yep. tournament was like for me. Yep. Well, it was cool because I mean last year we were covering it. This year. Yeah, we this... didn't have the funds to go down to Laval, so. I mean, funds-wise, we could have probably made it work. Would I have yeah. done it? Probably not on my own dime, unless I was getting a vacation out of it. But in Laval, <laughs> I chose Boston instead. So that's why we didn't record last week. Last week, I was in the great town of Boston. Which coming chowder and being wicked awesome. The, oh, I, I nailed that. The clam chowder. You had the lobster. Uh, we went to the TD Garden. We went to Fenway Park. I, you didn't go to the Garden. I I walked by the Garden. I couldn't go in. They were doing. Uh, oh man, the, it's so weird. Doing, doing Garden maintenance. They're they're building like um. I think the guy was telling us was like a hotel attached to it, or they're doing something attached to the like. It, it, everything is so close. This is the one thing about American most American cities. Is if you go to like an older city like Boston, it's all integrated into a community. It's not like here in Toronto where it's like all corporate, like it's all house. Like there, it's like apartments and houses. Toronto, yes, there's condos, but there's like office buildings. It's part of the corporate scene. When you when you think about Toronto sports, have you ever been to Boston, Austin? Should have asked that first. I haven't been to a lot of places. I've been to Florida in the states, and that's uh, it. Yeah, that you're you're and in the same boat. And we stopped off and we went down to cover spring training during classes. And we That's did, it. Apparently, we didn't go to Kansas. That's a little. Uh, we stopped in we stopped in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, oh, that was fun. I just see why Connor McDavid got out of there so quick. All respect to Erie, but holy crap. Um, we went to where was that? What was that restaurant called again? The uh, uh it was a Golden Corral. Yeah, the Golden Corral, where you could have fried chicken at nine a.m. in the morning. If America does something right, it's food. No, uh, you know what? I okay. Certain things they do with food is good. Um, beer wise, I wasn't impressed. They're not unless you go with the stuff that's brewed in the city. So, Boston. You're gonna is, get into a, you're gonna get into a big fight here about American versus Canadian beer. I can no, already no, see it. no, 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 no. Amer- even America, some Americans will say that our beer is better. Um, it's a pretty lopsided battle, but some people are still fighting it. But the Sam Adams Brewery tour that was my one of the one of the top i mean not the top spot because going to fenway park to watch a pearl jam concert was probably the highlight of my trip but the sam adams tour was pretty good too free you got to taste beer for free um so i i mean they went right they do it right there for for most things for certain things they 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 get drunk they do things pretty well oh do they get drunk uh, I have a funny story. I, I you know, we, this kind of leads us into the hockey talk. 
eventually. But interesting. Um, All right. Um, we were walking from this awesome place we went for dinner where we got some clam chowder and lobster, lobster, chowder. like. Lobster. Um, and after, so we were walking back to where our Airbnb was. We were like, you know, you know, the departed, there's that scene where the shrink saw anytime there's a sh- uh, scene with the shrink. Mm-hmm. There's like that, that building concrete building. We were right across oh. the street from that. So we were right, oh, no. right down there in Boston. And so we're walking back. Uh, we were walking back to the, uh, walking back to our Airbnb and this guy, I thought he fell off his bike. So I hear someone like fall off the bike and I'm like, ouch, I was going to check to make sure they're okay. Is it the Dan O'Charo with his giant weird bike no, riding habits? No, because I heard the guy yell like, like he swore and like in a way that you could tell <laughs> he was, in, does. It, you can tell the way that he was intoxicated. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone, which I did. And we walked back, but, uh, no, I mean when people and and I, I find this you you don't get a, you you don't get a true sense of appreciation of you know how much they take their sports so seriously there. Everyone there you couldn't walk around Boston without seeing someone in a Red Sox caps, Red Sox cap. Like Red Sox is the number one, undeniable number one team in that city, and around the state, like. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Um, like I the wore, Red Sox are like, king. Just to give you an idea, I wore my Leafs hat in Boston. Like that, I wore that hat because that hat in my game, sweat. And I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna get shot, or someone's gonna like try to pick a fight. Nothing, nothing. Yep. And the other reason too is because there's quite a few people traveling to Boston for this concert, and quite a few Canadians I saw. Leafs fans, Sens fans. Apparently, there's Sens fans around still. Uh, we'll get into that yeah, as well. The only place you'll get in trouble for wearing Leaf stuff is Montreal and probably Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. for problems. Philadelphia, you can't wear anything but the team's stuff. Yeah, you will get. That's a place where I got. I get scared. I had uh, my my cousin said he he went to school in Ottawa so they traveled down to Montreal often and he was in a bar wearing a Leaf jersey and they physically removed him from the building uh, yeah because I mean, they were worried about what would, what might happen I would assume or security what, was just being dicks one of the two I was going to say what year was that because <laughs> depending on the uh, year it was probably it was when they Leaf sucked so what? why would they care <laughs> like, I don't know it's just the rivalry man yeah um, no, it's just, it, it is a good city. I recommend, like, there's a list of cities I have I want to go to. Boston was one. Chicago's another. New York, obviously. Out in California. Uh, like, there's a list of cities I want to go to that's something eventually. I have to have a reason. I, I wore my, my leaf stuff. I went to Ottawa last month and nothing. No issues. I mean, there's probably more Leafs fans than Sens fans. I was going to wear my Taveras. Uh, I have a shirt with Taveras on the back of it just because I got caught up in the nostalgia of the signing. Didn't well, wear that. You weren't the only one to wear that. Well, I had this whole idea, excuse me, a whole idea planned out that I would go take a photo in front of the Canada 150 sign in, at Parliament. Yep. With my Taveras shirt on. <laughs> but then my uh, my girlfriend and I had were too busy doing other stuff, so I never got to do it. Oh, that's too bad. Um, 
let, let's get into one thing about Tavares. I mean, he, uh, I think when you, the only thing other than, no, once he signed, the only other question surrounding Tavares was, was he going to be the captain? And my only criticism about how this whole thing went down, Kyle Dubas made it clear in that interview with Bob McKenzie that they were not going to have a captain. Why did they not, in that press conference, go out and say, naming captain is not a priority for us, probably not going to happen this year, so we can put that to rest. Because what happened? It became the number one, and we've talked about it. We didn't talk about it in great lengths that other sports radio shows had to because there wasn't much else to talk about. But it was such a high debate topic that just, it flamed out. Mm-hmm. And it could have flamed out a lot easy, a lot sooner if Kyle Dubas, and I'm not blaming Kyle Dubas for this at all, um, but this could have been easily shut down if he had just come out and said, we're not, we're not in a rush. Um, and I, I think he kind of implied that, but they didn't really set it down like, this season, no captain. We're not in a rush. And and my thinking too now is you see this, what's going on here, and now Montreal, they just trade their captain, Max Pacioretty, and they're like, yep, within a couple weeks, we're going to have a new captain. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why does Montreal want to do that to a player right now? That organization has they're, so many problems. It, why? Because they're going to cue the obligatory Jonathan Drouin captaincy because he's French. You you're you're saying it's going to be him? I have another. Theory. Uh, they'd be, uh, they'd be uh... Gallagher. Mm, I don't know. Man. He's he's like, I mean, he's one of the more prominent forwards on their team, but like Drouin's French. He's probably the star of the team. I. Uh, you're not going to give it to Shea Weber. Maybe you give it to Shea Weber. Who knows? I mean, your captain, captain is not even going to be around for the first how many, how long? Like, he's out for a while. So. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not going to name a captain who's going to be out till Christmas. You don't even see him in the sea. So. Or maybe they do. Who knows? I mean, he's got the most, he's probably their most talented player. He's definitely the biggest name on their team now, other than Carey Price. Um, but you can't give goalies the captaincy. That would be the worst, because I don't think Carey Price... Like if if Gary Price wants the hell out of Montreal, he he should want the hell out of Montreal because yeah he's gonna get shelled this season. Uh like I think about it, his eight year contract starts this year. I don't know what team is gonna want a ten and a half million dollar goalie. I think it's ten and a half. Um, ten ten and a half. Like I don't know what team would want that. Uh, that would have the room for it too. Not many teams can afford a goalie to pay their goalie that much. They they can't even afford to pay their goalie six seven million, let alone ten ten and a half. The uh, Montreal's incredible, and I said it on Twitter. But our our friend Omar, uh, a winning habit is going to have a real rough time finding content for an entire season. Hey, you know what? I had to deal with that how many years two years ago when the Leafs yeah. were bad. But so. you can talk about the Marlies at least. Like they're they're in trouble, man. Like, it, they don't have a good AHL team. Their NHL team is going to finish bottom five. That, 
that that's... and their prospects aren't that awe inspiring because Kakanyemi is probably going to make the team now because you need a center so bad. My my counter, yes, you can talk about the Marlies. Not many people are going to read Marley stuff. They want to read Leaf stuff. But the thing about Montreal is they create so much drama on their own. I yeah. think they're going to be fine. It'll work in that sense, but it's just oh my goodness, it's incredible the way they just trade away. They trade away what? Pacioretty, Subban, Sergachev. Who else am I forgetting? Well, it started with Subban. It's um... Subban, Sergachev, Galchenyuk, Pacioretty. Yeah, were the four and didn't acquire a prominent center for any of them. Nope. That's incredible. Um, not only that, like... Um, and the Leafs drafted a number one center and then signed a number one center. I was going to say, Oof. and in Grant that time, the have one. they never He's drafted. The only, their best draft pick, they traded away in Sergeyev. Kukaniemi is a very good player, but it's... He's got to prove himself because he was not ranked highly by anybody other than Greg Button in the draft. That's true. So he, I don't want to say he's a reach because he's an extremely skilled player and he was a lottery pick for sure, the way he bounced up late. But, uh, I mean, he and Barrett Hayden, just because they were sent the top centers on the board, got drafted a little higher than most people expected. That's true. Um, I keep forgetting that Arizona made that pick. Yeah, Barrett Hayden at five overall. Kakaniemi was completely fine because Barrett Hayden was taken at fifth overall, which was a reach. Yes. Because he he isn't a top five offensive generator. He could turn into it for sure. But they drafted him because he's a really good center uh, defensively, and he's really mature for an 18-year-old. That's the main things that everyone said about him coming into the draft. So we'll see. I don't know. But positional need was the reason those two went so high. And they were going to go high anyway, but it was probably like from 10 to 15 they were both going to be gone if a team didn't jump on them, which both had that happen. Exactly. Um, okay, I want to shift uh, shift gears a little bit. Do you want to talk about the uh, the center's video now or are we leaving it till later? Hey, can I tell you a terrible secret? Oh, God. I still have not watched the video. You have not? Okay, so you're Andrew Berkshire right I- now. Refusing. I to haven't watch watched the video. video because I saw that it was released, and immediately under it, somebody said that they spelled Mark Borowiecki's name wrong. I was like, nope. <laughs> the guy that's supposed to be the the keynote speaker of your franchise, you can't even you screw his name up on the nameplate. Okay, so this is very easy. I I encourage you to watch it. I saw I saw the Tim and Sid spoof of it, and I've sort of gotten like a synopsis of what's happened, but I haven't seen it with my own eyes. That is the most bizarre thing. I have ever watched on Twitter. The what moment. is with uh, what is with Canadian teams and doing things at 10, 11 o'clock at night this week? Patretti got traded at like nearly midnight. It's <laughs> it, no, you don't want to know. You don't want to know the reason why they think they do it at that time. Now, okay, the uh, Vegas Habs trade is a little different because Vegas there's a time change. Yeah, uh, not enough though to justify doing Their it at one o'clock in the morning. That. Like, granted, Ottawa's thing, they send it out at that time. Who the hell is going to want to, A, care about it and watch it? That, a lot more people than they were hoping. Because that thing got picked up so quickly. Uh, I mean, Sportsnet. We're, we're, at Sportsnet, we're, we're, when I'm working the desk uh, as a freelancer, I'm look, we're looking for that stuff. 
So they 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 missed the ball in the in terms of they could have then there was no prior notice to it. So it just came out of the blue. Um Melnick did not let Borieski have a word like enough to justify having him even in there. Yeah. Um like now I've seen this that was sort of like a state of the franchise sort of video and probably the worst yeah. one I've ever seen because your owner Absolutely. is clearly delusional. But you and do half look, your fan base doesn't want that owner in power. You and and you look at how other franchises like the Blue Jays when they do those sort of things it's not like Shapiro was not bringing up. Uh, let me try to think of a equivalent to Mark Borietsky on the Blue Jays. Um, ooh, that's gonna be a tough. Who's a plug on the Blue Jays? It's not. I mean, Russell Martin still can play. Like he's Borietsky. No, he's not a plug in that. Like I'm like thinking, a terrible player. Like a okay. This is like having Darwin Barney. Do a Q&A with Mark Shapiro. That's what we got. This is basically like having Frederick Gauthier do a Q&A with Kyle Dubas. There's, that's a good one. That's a good one. It just, why? It doesn't. It makes zero sense to have this person talking about the franchise. Even though Frederick Gauthier is a very smart man, obviously. He is, actually. Harvard to go to the so. NHL. Um, yeah. I so, I, I mean... I'm going to tell and anyone listening to this, if you have not watched the video, I, re- I encourage you to, despite what other people might think, because you have to Sounds witness. Sounds so cringy. I just can't. You ha- you know what? You don't even have to watch the full thing. Just watch enough. Like the whole, the video, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to spoil the beginning. He literally, yeah. Boreski starts, all right, let's talk some hockey. Not a, hi, what? this is Mark Boreski. I'm here with owner. Eugene. None of that. Just. Right off the bat, let's talk some. No, right, let's talk some hockey now. It's like, well, what were you guys right. talking about before the video started? It's sort of just like a. All right, let's get this over with. My boss told me I had to be here. Like it's such a train wreck. I would encourage you to watch it. Um, okay. And that's why I don't want to go into too much detail because I do want you to watch it. All right. You ready for some drama? Drama. The Toronto Maple Leafs announced their training camp roster. Oh, I thought you were announcing breaking news. Okay. No, I have none. Oh, there is some breaking news I wish would have come while we're recording. Maybe it could come while we're recording. Yeah, nice young. But the Toronto Maple Leafs have announced their training camp roster. And in order to to be on the training camp roster, you need to have a contract with the Leafs. Either a PTO, entry level, AHL, ECHL. Some sort of contract with the Leafs. Because I, I was confused at first when I saw the goaltenders and Joseph Wool wasn't there. And I forget, Joseph Wool does not have a contract and he's still in the he NCAA. Yeah, so he's, entry level. So that, that that threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's also the reason why certain... The only time you see those guys is during development camp because you don't need a contract to go to development camp. Um, but... A player that's name wasn't there, and for good reason, because he remains unsigned, it's William Nylander. Are you worried? Yep. No. No? And, and you know what? <laughs> I Sorry, I don't have any. And I'm not, not going put, to put this to the point, like, in a way that I'm worried, because I'm pretty sure Kyle Dubas even said they were willing to go a couple days into training camp to 
sort this stuff out. The two questions I have, though, is how is this not done yet, considering you've had how long to sort out this contract? And two, how far into training camp are you willing to go to allow this contract situation to play out? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because, yeah, it's exactly what you said. How, why is it, why are we at the point that we're at where training camp opens tomorrow and we're worried about uh, a top six forward not reporting immediately because he doesn't have a contract? Not because he's holding out. This isn't the NFL. We're good. Yeah, this but, is, that's that. Let me put it that way. It's not that Nylander's holding out. It's just that he can't report to training camp without a contract. He's probably in Toronto. He's just not able to be on the ice. Well, Chris Johnson be, said he was still in, in Sweden. Chris Johnson said he was in Sweet, still in Sweden a couple of days ago. Okay. Well, he's probably training then. And yeah, I mean, look, these guys will, are, are on the ice constantly. On his flight when he comes to sign in Toronto, so we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that's that. That's the part. Sorry, I'm just looking through the roster while we're doing this. So oh, you're looking through the roster <laughs> now. They've I haven't looked at the yet. It's been a busy day for me. So. Uh, yeah, you went golfing today, didn't you? Before I hurt you. Uh, no, we uh, we actually had new windows put in the house today, so I've been running around uh, helping with that and painting and whatnot. So I see. Maybe tomorrow we'll be able to golf, but we'll see. Um, but th- this is this is the tough part because yes, I think they had quite a. I just wonder, and and now there's this report from Darren Drager. Now I wanted to read this to you, Chris Nichols. Uh, people, like analysts, get mad because he basically takes their words, writes a short little post, gets some good clicks on a website. I understand the issues that come with that, but that's the reality of people wanting to see, you know, wanting this stuff. Um, yep. But this is what if he you're going to post content that's likely going to get reused somewhere. Yeah. In aggregation sites or something. Um, that's how it is. This is the quote that he uses. But there, this is from Chris Nichols, uh, Nichols on Hockey on Twitter, um, talking about, and I'm pretty sure TSN 1050. Here, let me look at them first, considering that that's where the source of the conversation was Jordan, from. Jordan Subban is wearing 46 in camp. How dare he? Oh, he took the Polak number. That's cur- that number's oh. like, it's like when when I can't remember who I think it was Cody Franzen that took 24. I think. Or who the first defenseman that took twenty four when Brian McCabe left? And people are like, oh, that number is tiny. No, that was that was Frogren that first took his number. There was that you one. Want to I think uh, number three, and when Dermot had three at one point, um, from my, I think he had three. That got some. <laughs> people are like, and oh, he, he had twenty three, and how dare he besmirch the memory of Ryan O'Byrne? I mean. I could go all day with these. Uh, I'm trying to find this. Where Connor Carrick's wearing, wearing eight. You're just crapping on Aki Bird's legacy. Way to go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, one of the people that I saw was going to be at camp is Owen Lalonde, who was a top five pick in the OHL um, entry draft a couple of years ago. Okay. So he was playing for Sudbury, which has been a wasteland the last little bit. Because they are extremely famous for drafting top picks who don't want to come play in Sudbury. 
I mean, yeah. Jake has been very anti-Sudbury in our conversation, so that wouldn't surprise they me. Brought, well, like, I'm sure if I went through, like, a year-by-year history of guys that were drafted and either were traded or, yeah, were traded because they didn't want to play there or just didn't work out, then I'm sure there would be a good little list. But mm-hmm. uh, All right, let me yeah. – let me let me read this quote because this is just keep us on the Nylander stuff. But there are others not Leaf connected, so let's emphasize that part. But others around the league that think that his ask might have been around eight million or higher, which of course isn't going to happen. So this is my issues with with the statement. I think that was, and this sound like I'm not saying like this was a bad quote, like. This is something I can see Drager saying because I've heard him say this stuff before. So, A, this is not coming from a leaf source. This is not coming from his agent. This is not coming from somebody who's close to Nylander because that's how they usually, that's how insiders work most of the time. And this is, but others around the link, the league think. It's not they know, it's not they've heard, they think. But my question to you is, is that $8 million actually something we can actually believe is what Nylander's asking for? I mean, it's really stupid on his agent's part if he's not asking for it. I mean, it's just a simple thing of the business now. You, you've scored 60 points in your first two seasons in the league. Uh, I mean, I guess the recent bar that said is Leon Dreisaitl, who's arguably stats are a little bit skewed due to the fact that he plays with this one scrub. Uh, I don't know, Connor McDavid. Oh, that, Uh, that, that bum. Yeah. That, that nobody. Um, and he got $8 million for playing with side Connor McDavid, even though he's a center. So kind of makes sense that Neil Ander would be asking for that. Seeing as he's playing with Austin Matthews, who's not as good as, uh, McDavid, obviously, we're not going to even get into that argument because it's going to go nowhere. Uh, McDavid's the best. McDavid's number one. Go team. Um, but yeah, Nylander, sixty points in his first two seasons. I mean, he's he's stupid and not be asking for that amount, especially since Marner thinks he can get ten. I and mean, that, and that was another think... that was another Drager thing too, with the whole Marner ten. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've been listening around. You sort of. He's certain people have an amount that they think he's going to be signing for, and I can't say I argue with them because it makes sense uh, due to his comparables. Okay, so this is this is where I, when I look at how the Leafs have handled contracts the last couple of years, especially looking at Riley and Kadri, yep. two players. Um, I think so. Riley's was off of his entry level. And Kadri had done the bridge deal. Mm-hmm. Two kind of different situations, but similar outcomes. They took a little less than what they're worth, basically because they haven't. And the only reason why we say they took less than what they're worth, because at the time they signed the deals, they weren't worth what they got now at that time. But then they proved to be worth that. Does that make sense? Basically, they played, uh, yeah. they played they played to the point their contracts were betting on. We know you're here. You can get there. We're not reaching too far. We're not 
shorting you at all either. A good compromise down the middle, not even hometown discount. It's more of, we know you can perform at this level. You might exceed it, but even if you reach somewhere near well, that, you're good. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's a bet on yourself contract if you go for a bridge deal and you know your abilities. Andreas Janssen's doing it this year, where he signed for shy of 800 grand. Yeah, not even taking I mean, the qualifying offer. The nope, qualifying offer would have been more. He would have gotten a million at least, wouldn't he? Yep. Uh, that's just, I mean, it's team-friendly, if you want to call it that, because he probably would have been paid. It's a small sample size, but he probably would have gotten a mil and a half, two mil, I would think. For I, that would, yeah, that's a guy tough. that's playing your bottom, uh, bottom six. I mean, guys are getting paid way more than that for less production and this, this is where the Zach Hyman and Connor Brown contracts really help set the bar for the lower, yeah. like the those those guys. Uh, but that's sure. why you do it. Um, yeah, you need you need to be able to get those good contracts, and Andres Johnson is going to be a good contract this year for sure. But the, um, for for Nylander, I mean, it's it's sort of like what Mike Babcock said when they were talking about uh, when Kadri before he signed this recent deal, Babcock. Uh, was quoted as saying, we basically want players to make us pay them the money they deserve. Yeah. And that's, Nylander is making the Leafs pay him the money he deserves. Regardless of if it's, I don't know, six and a half, six mil, or if it's eight mil, he's one of the most productive wingers in the league alongside one of the up-and-coming centers in the league. So there's no way he shouldn't be paid that money. It just... I, a bridge deal doesn't seem that productive for Nylander unless you're just looking to make as much money as possible for two years. Yeah, and this is where I was going to go with it. So he has a couple of choices. Um, not many players. Uh, I'm trying to think of... See, th- this is tough because there's you try to think of comparables when yep. you go through things like this. When we look at contracts that were signed recently... Um, Everyone points to the Pasternak and uh, Nikolai Ehlers as the two contracts that can properly compare to what Nylander should get. But the question really becomes, um, does Nylander want to do what Pasternak did, which is, I mean, Pasternak is, it was in the same situation where he withheld himself from camp. This was more of an aggressive uh, withholding. And eventually he got he got a good deal, but you look at the deal now, it's like he kind of got shortchanged a little bit. But you, your rights as an RFA are not the same as a UFA, so you you kind of are you're kind of in a bind at that point. But when you look at, I'm gonna pull up the Pasadak one because I think that's a that's a similar situation. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm just uh, just giving once because I am just putting in cap friendlies. I got it right here too. Uh, so to, yeah, so he signed a six-year, forty million dollar contract that paid him six point six six per year cap hit. Uh, he got a good signing bonus when he did sign it. Um, he he's doing really. Um, he doesn't have many other signing bonuses after that. He does get a good base salary. Um, out of that deal, so he out of his. This was out of his entry level contract. He was how old when he signed it? Because age plays a factor too. So he's twenty two right now. Makes yeah. which makes sense because he went into the league. Um, because he was drafted. 
Man, I gotta go through this. Okay, so he was drafted first round, 2014, 25th overall. Good God. Um, that's good drafting right there. <laughs> I'd have to say. So 2014, he gets drafted. He's in the NHL right in that season. Um, yep. Puts up 27 points. Puts up 26. And then 70. Yeah. So he doesn't have those productive years the first two years. And then it whoop, jumps up. I think a lot of that was playing with Patrice Bergeron. But still 70, 70 points. Only at, and he got six point six six. That's a pretty. I I would say, that's a good deal. But now you look at Nylander. This is two straight years of him putting up sixty points. And he's looking for. Yeah. I, I I can you can make the argument now that he's actually worth. What Pasternak got and maybe a little more. Just based two. on. Oh, sorry. And I just want to make one other point. The reason why I think he might be worth a little more is because look who he's playing with versus what a guy like Pasternak is playing with. Pasternak was playing with two established players in Bergeron and Marchand. Nylander was playing with Hyman and Matthews, and Matthews is obviously a top-end talent, but not at the full potential that he it can get to. He hasn't reached that you know top-end talent yet. They're still young. They're still developing. It's not like Nylander was playing with Tavares. Like, let's say he, this would be a perfect situation where it's not like he's playing with Tavares, putting up X amount of points, and you're like, okay, no, he's worth a good chunk of change. This is He's playing with a younger guy, still establishing his game, but still putting up 60 points. That's yeah. where I think you could say he's worth a little bit more because he hasn't fully reached that potential because his line mates haven't either. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, um, I, the easiest comparables to me are definitely Ehlers and Pasternak who have recently signed their contracts. Yeah. Similar production, similar uh, Age. players, I would say, other than the quality of talent, obviously, Pasternak plays on just a world-crushing line with Bergeron and Marchand. Least fans saw that firsthand. Yeah. Um, he plays on arguably the best line in the NHL. I don't think it's even arguably. They are the best line in the NHL. Just It's a three-man unit. Um, and, I mean, it's not too far off for Ehlers. He's either going to be playing with one of Shifley or is he playing with Stasny during the playoffs? That's uh, not with him anymore, but I I don't remember who he was playing with, but yeah, I would say that he was playing. He was, he was a top eight. six winger. I remember that? So he was feeding a gold machine. Uh, bottom. So his the top six. Yeah, I think Stastny would have been. It would have been either Stastny or uh, Little. Yeah, either one. And of he was two. playing with Patrick Line on his wing, who's a, probably a top fifteen player in the league now. Yeah, he's a he's a top end goal, even oh. top ten goal scorer in the league. Yeah, it's similar. They're playing. Each player is a similar type of player and puts up similar numbers up until last year, and plays with a top notch player on their wing. So it's easy to make that connection. Nylander, he's going to ask for eight. He'll probably get in the neighborhood of in between Pasternak and Ehlers, I would think. So this he's, is. 
and and the reason why I think that would be the right way to go is because he's. Uh, I know Nylander, uh is in a little bit of a different situation. Obviously, his con like he needs to sign this contract. He's not like. Um, I think Ehlers. Ehlers and him and Ehlers were the same draft, correct? And Ehlers signed this contract beforehand. Yeah, Ehlers uh, was taking two picks after Nylander. Yeah. So Nylander is... Or, a, go ahead. Sorry, the, the pick after Nylander. Okay, yeah, that's right. So Nylander is 22. He's gonna. He he's 22 right now. Um, same age as Pasternak. Um, my thing is, you pay... It, this is not the only time he can get paid. He's 22. He signs, let's say, a six-year deal. He's going to be 28 when that deal is done. Would, yeah. Should he be really worried that after six years when he's 28, he's not going to get another deal? If he keeps the production up, he's going to be paid way more money on the next contract. And that's Because he'll still be in his prime. And I think that's the point maybe the Leafs are trying to sell him on, and that's probably the point that many people are seeing is that you look at a guy like JVR who just signed for, uh, what, uh, seven million for seven years or seven years, uh, five years, seven million, oh, no, five years, seven million, right? Yeah. So you can still get paid if you're putting up production. A team will pay you. Um, his agent is probably arguing on the Leafs against the Leafs on this is that, look, my client knows what he's worth. Why not just pay him that now so that when the next deal comes, you're not we're not going to have to go through a, a bigger song and dance when the second contract comes up. Because the second contract after the first one is usually the tougher one. Either teams really do a bad job. I would say, like, if I had to do a comparable, like, you look at um, when – Jordan Everly signed his con- like the no, the Oilers did all those six years six million with a bunch of their top uh, with their first round picks, and then people were like ooh yeah. may have been a little bit too early with some of those. Or you get a guy now who's like a Pasternak who's pay- only getting paid six point six six, but he's pay- producing at a guy who could be like a, a nine million dollar player. It's just. Some it's just the way I guess the business goes. <laughs> so, um, that's probably the the number one storyline. If he's not signed, give me a look. We're recording this at almost eleven o'clock on Wednesday night. He's still not signed. How long? How, how long would you give this before really people start really drilling Kyle Dubis and Mike Babcock about this? When's the first preseason game? Actually, I have it right here. The 18th? Uh, first preseason games, uh, yeah, hometown hockey. They're doing on the 18th. So that's not... It's a preseason game, but it's probably going to be just like a bunch of the rookies playing. Yeah, the first one's usually like ease the team. It's a community rank game. They're just going to they're gonna throw out whoever. They'll put like one or two guys out other than that. Like Hyman and Brown will probably play, and those will be the biggest names in the lineup. I would watch them throw all of Matthews, Marner, Tavares, just all of them out there to beat the Suns. I would, I would watch agree me. with that one. Technically, the next night they play at the Canadian Tire Center, so the nineteenth next Wednesday. Yeah. 
So they have a week to get Nylander. I think once the preseason games start to get going, that's when Leaf fans are going to start to get a little testy with this. I I think it's going to be earlier than that because we yeah they're already they're already testy because they like are every every day this is stuff on Nylander. So it's it's perfectly understandable. He's one of the best players on the team. Let's not forget it's, it's not a situation where he's going to sit out. See. No, let's not forget. Uh, team reports for medicals tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah. Friday, they're up in Niagara Falls for the weekend. Yeah, they're yeah they're going to the. So maybe uh, that maybe when they return from that and he's still not around, that's where you can kind of go. Mm, okay, I mean this is kind of getting a little. But Kyle Dubis, I give him a lot of credit. Cool as a whistle. Yeah, like he's not gonna just he's. He's smart in that way because if Nylander's asking for eight, you can sweat him out for a minute without making him upset. It's just the nature of how you get negotiations done. And don't forget, Dubas has also been studying under Lou for the past two or three seasons. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Dubas used to be a manager, uh, an agent. I'm pretty sure he got his agent's license when he was working yep. in the OHL. He knows his way around a negotiation. Let's all and let's not also forget. Um, somebody mentioned this to me. The agent may have may be able to keep a player from you no. Know, let's let's wait it out a little bit. But in the end of the day, they're serving a client, and if that player is just like let's get this done, the agent can't just go. Oh no no let's wait 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 wait. Eventually, yeah. if you're you do that too much of an agent as an agent, you're gonna be like, uh yeah maybe I think we gotta go with someone else. An agent wouldn't do that either because you're leaving his commission and money for your family and yourself on the table. There we go. Bingo. It's not the best interest of all parties to sit out unless you have a really, really good, like a, unless a team's just nickel and diming you. Exactly. And I don't think that's the situation. I think it's no. one player thinks he's worth this. The team thinks, you know, we're close, but I think you're really worth this. I don't think it's a case where I'm trying, just to, trying to find a good middle point. I'm trying to think of a good uh, middle, like a I mean, good example where teams were just so far off. I would say Mark Stone with the Senators when they did arbitration. Yeah, that those were arbitration as well. You just throw and throw a deal out there. So like Cody CC asked for what five six million in arbitration this year. Yeah, he's barely worth what the arbitrator gave him. All due respect. So Nylander actually. He he could, if he wanted to do arbitration, could sign a one-year deal. I think he would have, because um, Cap Friendly has it that um, eligibility for salary arbitration depend on an entry-level signing age and professional experience. So 18 to 24 years professional experience. Um, so he would just need one more year of professional experience before he can go for arbitration. And we're seeing that that's becoming more the norm now. More more so than in past years. A lot, Quite a few teams have been able to get around it, but we've seen some more high-profile cases go to arbitration. Yeah, for sure. Or and... get get settled way before. Like, they, they know, oh, we're getting close to arbitration. Let's get this done. Because you don't want to have to deal with arbitration. Yeah, for sure. And he's... He's going to sign at some point. It's just a matter of when. Yep. And, okay, I think we've beat this Nylander con- 
track stuff to death. <laughs> it's the biggest news in the for it is the big Leafs' biggest news um, because it's you know the most relevant right now. Teammates don't seem worried, which is a good thing. Um, they know what I think. Like let's let's be real here. These guys know where the team is at. They're talking to Nylander. Nylander's probably telling them, giving them an idea of what things are like. So that's why they can be cool and calm and collective about it. Let's talk about another contract situation, one that hasn't. It kind of, this is funny, this one kind of flew under the radar. I'm going to write about it um, because I feel like it's flown under the radar a little bit. Hasn't gone a lot of the press right now. It will during the season, but that's Jake Gardner. Oh, yeah, that'll pick up as soon as Nylander gets signed, like the day after. Yeah, so Pierre Lebrun had a report, a tweet a couple weeks ago that he talked with... um, Pratt Brisson, who is Gardner's agent. I'm going to just verify that. Um, that's easy. Twitter search. Um, Pierre Lebrun. Uh, okay, I, 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 I had the tweet. Whoa. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, Gardner's agent has spoken to Dubas about a contract, but... We haven't been given any indication whether, you know, they're they're really uh, looking to get that done. Do you think this is something that the team is going to leave hanging throughout the season? I mean, they probably will just for the fact that most players don't want to negotiate midseason. Um, in that regard, yeah, they'll probably just leave it, but they can't in another sense because they run into the same problem they have with JVR and Tyler Bozak and Leo Komarov this year is this big back and forth the entire season of whether or not you trade them or let them walk and use them in the playoffs. And that was the big thing with JVR at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen again with Gardner because like it or not, he's one of the least best defensemen. And well, he's like I said, as soon as Nylander's yeah. done, the focus is going to immediately shift to what is going to happen with Gardner. And it's going to go throughout the season. Every time he has a good or a bad game, it's going to be another story on him. And it's going to be it's never a dull moment in Leafs land, unfortunately. Well, good for uh, news sites. But uh, the constant rhetoric of listening to that is a little difficult. So if you're the Leafs, are you like are, are you in a position where you feel like you have to try to get a deal done, or do you think they're waiting to see how this season plays out, and maybe they think if Dermot takes a step, if somebody else you know can fill out that bottom pairing, do you kind of go maybe we don't have to get Gardner signed? Do you think that's in their thinking, or do you think? We want to get Jake back, but maybe we're trying to figure out how long we want to do it and what the dollar... like. This is like a year where if he has a good year, this solidifies, yep, we can pay him X amount for this amount. Or do you think they're like, we're not sure if we want to keep him, so let's see how he plays. Uh, I think they definitely should wait as you would do with Gardner 
uh, to let Travis Dermott prove himself because he only had, what was it, a 30-game audition? Yeah, very, so, very short sample, small sample size. Just a little bit over a third of the season. You got to give him a full slate in order to give him a chance to see what he has. And a lot of people, including me, believe that he's an easy guy to replace Gardner with. I just, he does the same things. I think he's got a lot of offensive upside at the NHL level, and he can do, I think his potential is a lot higher than even we think it is because we don't quite know what he's going to be at in the NHL level. Will he be just a bottom pairing guy that's above average and good, or is he going to be a guy that can be a top four lock? So you got to give him that chance to prove himself, and I think if he does well, then Gardner, uh, the situation becomes a little bit easier for the Leafs to just walk. Can I can I also add another player that can really determine how Gardner's future goes out? And I think that's yep. Timothy Lilligren. Oh, absolutely. Especially since he's a right-handed shot, which the Leafs are probably why part of why they drafted him also because he dropped so far in the draft. But that didn't hurt. Yeah, my, but the reason why I bring up Lilligren is because if you're losing a guy of Gardner's caliber, you need mm-hmm. to find a way to replace it. Now, I don't expect Lilligren to replace that right away, but if you're bringing up Lilligren and they're being, they're most likely going to take the season with the Marlies, he may come up halfway through the year depending on how the season plays out. It could be like a Dermot thing. And if he plays well, let's say he... I mean, we know D- Riley and Gardner are going to get the power play time. But let's say in the Marlies, he proves to be a very good power play guy. That mm-hmm. that solves, I think, that gives you a better indica- indicator of maybe Gar- maybe Lilligren and Dermott, we put them two together and see how it goes next, this the season after. I'm not yeah. saying that's what's going to happen, but it's something that... I thought about and I'm like, you know what? This is why you should wait on Gardner be- on signing Gardner because you overpay for Gardner, you give Gardner a big deal. It affects your top your forwards and the money you have for them. You yep. take away an opportunity for a guy that might be better or more suited for what you need. Obviously, we know Jake's more- Gardner's more of a for sure we know what he is. Um, and maybe that's why it's easier to say he, they should just bring him back. I understand that. But if you bring up a guy like Lilligren through your system, he's done it right, he's checked all the boxes, why not? Yep. I feel like the the way Jake Gardner's, he's improved, but still making the same mistakes that we've seen throughout his tenure. Um, you can't argue that he puts up the points, 50 points. That's not something that most defensemen can do in the NHL. So It's not a question. That's, I mean, we've said it before. It's not a question of his skill on the ice because he is extremely talented offensively. He's one of the best skaters on the Leafs, and he's shown the ability to play defense. It's all in between the ears with him, and it's something that's been – very obvious for a while is it's just you never know what kind of Jake Gardner you're going to get on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, I, I think it's the brain cramps, the brain farts, whatever you want to call it, that's what that's what defines him. It's not just yep. his skill. 
but that's the thing. That's that's the thing with being a defenseman. It's not just what you, you the skill you bring. It's the decisions that make you make. It's how you handle pressure situations. He hasn't excelled at that yet. He's he shows he's a very talented. He's a good skater. He's he's a good passer. He you know from the point he's good at setting up those redirects. But when it when the pressure's on and we've seen it. He doesn't shine like you want to see a guy of his caliber shine. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to go back to the one game against Boston, and that's easy pickings, honestly. It is. But, um, I mean, he's he's a staple in the power play. He does a lot of things right, and people are writing him off after one game. And if you're willing to do that, then pretty much every leaf on the team should be written off because everybody has a bad game. It's just he had a bad game at the wrong moment. And you know what? And you can tell. It's not like, oh, you know, I'll get over it. Or he was visibly upset with himself. He took and a lot of heat for that. He took it on the chin. And that's I was uh, I was as mad as the next person at Jake's mistakes. As a fan of the team, you have to be upset because your team just got bounced from the playoffs. But immediately after that game, what immediately gained my respect back for him was that he spoke to the media and completely owned up to what he did and took it like a man. And that's that's all you can do in that situation. You're going to take your lumps no matter what, but the fact that you said you were sorry or owned up to your mistakes, that's what makes the man. Yep, definitely. Um, if, I, I we, think... Can I just go back to Lilligren for a minute? Sure. Um, what Another thing we don't really talk about a lot is that we have guys like Nylander, Marner, Matthews, um, who Matthews and Marner both came up uh, with two years or three years full left on their entry-level deals. Lilligren's now burned the first year of his entry-level contract in the AHL. Did he? Uh, oh, hold on. I don't, oh, think, I don't think he has because this would have been his first. No, he so he's... It, Oh, we're it's, good then. It slides, so you can you can get that right, you right, can slide right. it. So that's what happens. So he signed it. So the entry level slide. I'm, I'm thinking the AHL for some reason. That's that's on me. Okay, so I, if you want me to explain it to you, just so I mean, I, I don't know. We're, we're good. I'm just I had a brain fart there for a sec. I I gardened it. Um. Uh, but, I mean, unless he blows people out of camp out of the water in camp this year, he's he's not going to make the Leafs. Nor, I don't think the Leafs are in any position to rush the guy. It's not, the D situation is not that dire, especially since you have a couple guys that can play in your top four that aren't all necessarily top four players, but they can be there. Yeah, and one more thing um, I can I can tell you about Lilligren too is if he doesn't play the full season with the Leafs, yeah. His contract slides again. It, okay, so it, he's fine. It, it does get I'm, to a, it does get to a I've certain been point where so long. <laughs> yeah, like a guy like Dermot who is older, his contract can't slide when he's in the AHL. You, when you get to a certain age, I think it's when you're 18 and 19, you can uh, you can have that slide. But when you turn 20, nah, it doesn't. Well, it, that's that's what was messing me up is I didn't uh, I was they're on the entry level slide for 18 and 19 year olds. Okay. Yeah. That's basically put in place for the, um, 
sort of the European guys, I guess, or because CHL guys can't make the jump right away. Exactly. Or older CHL guys can't. But yeah. So, anyway. So, um. But Lilligren shouldn't. Yeah. Make the team. I mean, if he does, I'm not going to complain. But I'm. Not, I've but, already. I've already made the case that you let him dictate. If he's, he's yeah. if he's ready, he's ready. But I I would I'm more on the on the line that if he's even if he's ready, he has to be exceptional. It can't be he's shown some good things. No, he needs to show. There's going to be no chance of because it can it can we've seen it before. Luke Shen is the best example where he had a couple good games, and then it just fell off a cliff. And it yeah. was no like the, it was so mishandled. It still bothers me how that was handled. Um, it's, it's like defensemen and goalies really taken seriously when it comes to their development. It's not like forwards where you just pot a bunch of goals and you can get called up. Defensemen and goaltenders are so much more to the game that needs to be developed. And I'm not shortchanging forwards because obviously there's defensive responsibility and whatnot. But if it takes an extra year for Liljegren to get to the league, then so be it. He needs he needs to get that extra those extra reps in the AHL. Yeah, and the Leafs are not counting on him either. Well, I mean, best example: look at a guy on that same Marley's blue line, Andrew Nielsen, who looked like he was going to be a stud after his last CHL season, and he's just it hasn't been there. Uh, it wasn't there last season. I mean, his first. Oh, let me just pull up the stats real quick. His First AHL season, he did really well. And then last season, he didn't play as much. He had 26 points, I believe. I off the top of my head. Yeah, 26 points in 65 games. Oh, my God. He almost finished with 150 penalty minutes on the season. Yeah, that's just that's a huge issue in his game. He's a guy that plays a little too close to that line and very often crosses it, obviously. Yeah. We saw, and that was probably my biggest takeaway from the rookie tournament. Was yeah. it's well, it's in still seventy-four games. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. You go. You go. Just in seventy-four games in his first, yeah, his first full AHL season, he only had eighty-two penalty minutes in seventy-four games. So that's fine. It's still a ton of penalties to take, but it's nothing compared to nearly, or. Uh, a little bit short of twice that amount in 10 less games. That's insane. Yeah. This is this is a big year for Nielsen, I think. Uh, he didn't do great in the rookie tournament because he was no. hot in that game. I didn't really get to... He was, he was very over... Like, I watched. He was very over-aggressive. Um, he's... It's tough. I saw, I mean, I saw one play on the breakout where he just sort of circled his net, he wheeled, and then just sort of stopped flat at the faceoff circle and passed a puck and turned it over in his own inside his own blue line. That that's like a case, and and I think you put it right in that you think a guy is like, oh my god, look at this guy. People were ready to put him above Travis Dermott, and look what ended up happening. Was, I I was like, I was one of those guys too. With Lethbridge in 2015 and 16. Yeah. Point, almost a point per game player as a defenseman. Yeah, that's like that's insane. Like yeah. Evan Bouchard was a top five pick in this draft, and he had 
uh, over a point per game, but it was like 81. But and you wonder seven. how does a guy like you no know, how does a guy not get picked when you if people are like oh how is he a third and then you kind of realize that there's parts of his game that you get pat you look past the point totals and you're like mm, okay like he, would, he would be a liability in the NHL. The, the reason he went where he did when Leeds took him was because he had 24 points that season, and in 60 games he had 100 penalty minutes yeah. and a minus nine. I mean, that 70 point season he had, he had 122 penalty minutes. So it's not like he's just sort of developed this this edge. He's always had it. It just fluctuates depending on the role he plays in the team. Yeah, and and he takes bad and not just rough like but you no know, the aggressiveness of his game, but he also takes bad penalties because he gets caught in bad yeah. situations too. So there's there's the two sides of that. I'm not going to totally crap on the guy. He's still, and I mean a lot of it is probably fighting majors. I would assume he's not. He's a guy that drops them. So um, actually, let me look it up real quick. Hockey fights. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask you next, which is the, my next question. Uh, who's a guy you're looking forward yeah. to watching during camp? Uh, Andrew Nielsen had seven fights, so that's uh, <laughs> okay. 35 minutes on its own. Oh, okay, there Not you go. being instigators and whatever. Oh, that too, yeah. Like. The instigators, that's an extra two for not every fight. His is... first... His first season with the Marlies, he only had two fights, so he's he's really started to pick up, just deciding to fight whoever, whenever, just mm-hmm. on the side. Um, I mean, the easy pick is everyone's flavor of the week, Semyon Durgachinsev. Um, I I love him, and I my last piece for Tip of the Tower was on SDA. He's going to be a stud, and he proved it in the rookie tournament. Or he's going to be a very skilled player. Whether or not he makes it is all up to him because he needs to fill out and he needs to just keep developing every year. Um, Pierre Engvall is another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, it's just on forward. The guy I want to see on defense is Jesper Lindgren. That's probably the guy I would like to see the most. Is he going to be there? Yeah, he's listed on the roster. Oh, so I thought he was still would have been in Sweden. Well, there was there was some leaks on social media that he was doing like Promo. media taking photos and stuff for HBK, I believe, which is the team he played for last season in Liga. I mean, the, I mean, his team uh, is not going to say, oh, you can't go and no, do that. No, because the Leafs are definitely not going to have a talent like his sitting in the press box if they're not going to play him. They're going to send him back to Europe and sign yeah. him into another ATO at the end of the season. I would rather send him to Europe now than send him to the AHL or ECHL. At least there he can it, play against... The ECHL, like... I don't even think it's a possibility for a guy like him, even though he was a fourth-round pick, I believe, or he was definitely outside the top three rounds. Which is unfortunate. Uh, but he, he's an underrated pick. He's just small, but he can produce a lot of offense. So, I mean, he's a guy to definitely watch out for. And he, it's another guy that is just getting caught up in the Marlies numbers on defense. Yeah, it's a massive first game. Holy, it's be like, hard for like look, there's 25 oh. defensemen. Um, I would say... Whew. And half of those will be cut after a couple preseason games, but then they'll go down to Marley's game. Yeah, because you look at um, ECHL contracts, AHL contracts, amateur tryout, like we got... Yeah. Uh, 
Like you, you got a couple of those there. And they don't have any PTOs this year. Not it's yet. It can, it's still it, can, time. it can still yeah. change. Eight goalies is going to be oh. at camp, which is holy hell. Like lot. we could go through the cuts right now if you wanted to. <laughs> I <can tell laughs> no, you. I we can you save that. Be... We can save that for next week because their first round of cuts won't be until I say after the first couple of preseason games. But it's going to be. It'll just be difficult for him to make the team. So I don't. I'm not surprised he was doing media over in Finland yeah. because he, he's preparing uh, himself for that. They still have Laverde. They might have Hull. They're they're going to have one of Borgman, Rosen, or Hull, possibly even two of them. In the minors, I am I am looking forward to seeing Borgman. He's a guy That's that good. I'm. You know what? I I I liked his size. He was somewhat decent skater, but injuries, an injury I think cut his AHL season short. I think mm-hmm. playing with Roman Polak was too much for him, unfortunately. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing. A guy like Borgman, because if he can play penalty kill, we, I'm thinking to myself, and I wrote that article. I don't know if you read it about Riley and Hainsey. They need Wait. someone to play the penalty kill pretty bad. Yep, and Borgman's a guy that can do it. I don't, I don't know what the plan is with the Leafs blue line. It's that six spot is up for grabs, which is a good thing. And... I, I would say, yeah, I would say five and six are almost like Dermot's going to have to earn his spot. Like it's not going to be given to him. Um, it's it'll be fun because I mean I'm it, looking forward it, it'll to be that fun battle. for us because we watch the Leafs who it won't be fun for the guys that have to fight for spots with the Marlies because like I said one, oh. of the, one or two of those three guys is going back down sorry you're kind of cut out a little bit the there <laughs> oh sorry am I good yeah no we just had that weird beeping sound sorry I didn't, oh. it really was loud that time Um, but I would say Go ahead. go ahead. So yeah, it's gonna be fun for us to watch, but I mean, it'll be fun for us to watch, but not it'll, it won't be fun for the guys that are fighting for those positions in the AHL because yeah. one or two of those three guys is going to get uh, one or two of uh, Rosenpol or Borgman is probably going to end up in the minors. You have Jordan Subban who just got signed, who's going to play top four for the Marlies. You have Vincent Laverde, who was massive. For the Marlies in the playoff run. Yeah, Loverde is uh, if I'm, he he's a guy. I I don't know. I think he has to go. Th- I I don't know really his waiver situation. I don't know. Um, but Martin Marincin could be another guy that goes down. Nielsen's another guy that's going to play in the AHL. Igor Zhiganov is could end up there, depending on how it shakes out. Yeah, this is that was going to be my question. It would or Ozhiganov go? To, he he seems really set on playing here he it's not like where if he's not in the nhl he's going to bolt back to russia no because it's he was playing for uh it's not like he was playing it's not a zaitsev situation in that regard because he wasn't playing for an sk st petersburg or a csk moscow no he was playing he was playing for csk moscow he was but like when he last season he played for uh oh okay this team was but it wasn't one of the like major powerhouses in the league, and they still own his rights. So, would you rather play in the NHL, possibly the AHL, and still get some shots if a guy gets injured, or would you risk going back to Russia and not getting another contract? I'm. Uh, my... I don't know. It. 
it's going to be interesting. Oh, the one, sorry, one more guy I didn't mention the AHL battle. Sean Dersey is getting a lot of hype because he's an older than Rasmus Sandin. He's an overager, so there's a lot of talk surrounding him. Possibly. That, that was going to be my question. So he's not eligible to go back to the O. Uh, what is he? He's what, 20. 19? He's 20. Oh, he's you... going to, sorry, he's going to be 20 on uh, October 21st. So I believe you can go back to the CHL, but there's a limit on overage players you can have, and I believe that's 21-year-olds. Okay. So, so he can play his 20-year-old season. So, but if he's skilled enough, then there's really no point. Actually, the way I know it, I know he can, is because Mac Hollowell, he's kind yeah. of expecting that he might go back. Uh, he yep. played with he played in the Sioux as well, so that might comp. He, you know, he could. He's most likely going to go there. Um, I would say Jersey, if he's not going to play a lot with the Marlies, is it worth it? No, I don't know. Or I don't think the ECHL is worth it, man. You're like, yeah, you're you're really not on the ECHL. I, I think it would be okay. I, if you I'm fine if it's like those like mid-level, not even mid-level, but like guys you're hoping could turn into something. Jersey is someone that you're hoping you're putting kind of a high hope on a little bit because he was a, a second round pick. Yeah. So, um, uh, I would just rather send Jersey somewhere. Like, if he doesn't make the HL, I'd rather just send him back to the O for a season because it's not like he's going to regress. He's going to be a top two defenseman on Owen Sound if he goes back. Yeah. My now the last one I have Rasmus Sandin. I'm of the mind that you send him to Sweden. If they're going to give him playing time, then yeah, absolutely. Because that was the issue in his draft year is he wasn't going to get playing time in Rogel. He needed yeah, that played, playing time to games. showcase himself. Yeah. And that's why he played, went to the Sioux. Yeah, played five games and then got permission to leave for the OHL because he wasn't playing. And he went there originally, which is what makes sense is why he might go back to Rogel is because his brother plays there. True. Yeah, um, that's good so for there. There's a genuine link there, for sure. Um, but could make them early. Who knows? It's uh, it's all gonna get sorted out in the next couple of weeks. This is where it gets exciting for us. Um, let's I'm, say you played for CSKA Moscow. What? Hold on one second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at those again. Yeah, he did play for CSK. That's what I. That's Jersey with a. Oh. I need to play for Moscow. Who am I thinking of? Uh, I thought he was loaned to somebody. Oh, that was way back. Sorry, that was severe. <laughs> Jesus, sorry. That was years ago. Okay, so it is a Zaitsev situation. Yeah. Boy, I am off the ball today. Eh, you're not doing too bad. Um, First the contract, now the Moscow friend. Jesus. <laughs> All right, then I mean I'll be this. Fired the show, so goodbye. <laughs> Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about the Danny Green thing that he said about Kawhi, and I'm I'm wondering if we're playing, t- if we're getting to that situation. I mean, Raptors fans are kind of feeling a little insecure about Kawhi because of what everyone's saying about him. Do you do you have a thought on that? We went we went deep into leaf talk there, and you just went hard pivot. Into the Trump yeah, Rogers. because I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking like we've what else can we say about the Leafs? We we can dissect this training camp roster as much as we can, but 
I would love to. But yeah, if you want to talk Raptors, that's cool. <laughs> I'm, I was just about to say, you know what? I'm cool talking. So, let's, um, let, let's leave the Raptors to next time. Uh, yeah, we can do a full team on the Raptors. We have somebody we'd like to have on to talk about the Raptors. Yes. So wait, that would be lovely. I think we do. We <laughs> I'm trying to think. Wait, who are we thinking? Do you mean you want to say? Uh, not at this moment because we don't have a date set up. Okay, sure. We so have. We'll announce it when we do have a date. Okay. I'll yeah. Stay tuned. Um. Okay. How about this? That was my bad. Bad hosting on my part. Um. Do you have any final thoughts? Because I don't want to keep people too long because this is getting a little long. I mean, that's usually how it goes. We had some good discussion, uh, though. Eamon McAdam going to be the starter of this team on opening night. Pardon? Okay. Eamon McAdam, he's going he's gonna to be the starter of the team on opening night. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking McElhaney is going to have Babcock's like Babcock will give him the benefit of the doubt. It's his job to lose. Sparks He's already got mask painted, so Sparks cannot oh. and I repeat, he cannot have a bad camp. Speaking of Sparks, oh my god, do I want him to be the least backup? No disrespect to McElhenney, but his, his... paths, have you seen them <laughs> for the season? Yeah, I did. There's <laughs> some absolute heat. So that's like that's second to Trevor Kidd, I would say. Ooh, Maybe for debatable. That, that's, that's like some, the most heat I've seen. That's some good hype. On that's some good pick. That's some good grace you're giving them right there. That, they are. Oh, he is. He is probably some of the best goalies in the league. Okay. So you gotta let it fly. He he did the Trevor Kidd path last year actually, or the year before that. Was it the year? It was uh, no. It was the year he debuted with the Leafs because he wore them when he had the shutout. Yes, yes, it was. Oh, we're going back, oh, way back. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, yes, those days are back. Apparently, both. I'm. We're gonna leave our season predictions. Uh, I want to have. I want to see right. one preseason game against the Sens, and then we can talk about the Stanley Cup parade. With the way I want this to go, with our yeah, with our season predictions, I hopefully we'll have our guests, want uh, different set of guests that we can hopefully have for that. So um, we're gonna have a lot of hockey guests though. So get ready. Yeah, we we do have guys I want to come on. It's just a matter of getting them booked. So we'll because they have they have their shows, they have their work that they're doing. So as I said before, that's that's the tough part. I always say, um, I I don't. I tell these people we're not in a rush. You guys have work to do. We're not gonna make no. It, we have no. They're right. important. People. We are less important people that still have a job to go to. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a little difficult to nail that. All right. Um, with that being said, and that stupid buzzing noise coming back in my headphones, I hope it's my headphones and not the listeners hearing this. So I apologize if that's the case. Um. Uh, I want to make the last effort. Well, not the last effort. It won't be my last effort of trying to get Austin Twitter followers, but underscore Austin Owens on Twitter. You can follow him there. His great hockey takes. They're very great. Oh, you over there. You're making me blush through the TV. Um, you might see some tweets about trying to get some swag from the score. Which I'm your guy. Uh, apparently, if you need some swag from the score, give, uh, give Austin a, a shout out. I don't know if it's public yet. I got an email today saying the score had launched, 
its apparel. So that's pretty much the universal sign. That yes, it's. <laughs> so I apologize to the score if I I've messed up. Well, hopefully by the time this podcast oh, no. comes no, no, out, no, the store's up. We're good. Okay, uh, thank God. Let me find out where the <laughs> thing is if you want to buy it. I can plug my my lovely employers merchandise right now go ahead they allow uh, they're allowing you to stay on this podcast with me so the least yeah we can do. shout out to them for letting me have terrible takes and less than stellar remembrance of how basic contracts work in the nhl <laughs> god i'm an idiot um it is on represent.com and they have a bunch of t-shirts there for the score they're uh Range from twenty to twenty-five bucks, and the team's put together some pretty solid designs. So, oh, it's portable. So, and fan sided has some swag, but I, I haven't been really big on getting that out because they don't have any tip I'm stuff. Not tipping out. the tower hockey jersey yet? This is bullshit. I'm not happy about that. Um, <laughs> I, but you can you can submit entries for stuff. So if somebody wants to do one for tip, or I may have to do one eventually. Just be like, screw it. We'll we need it. to get tip of the tower hockey jerseys going or like shirtsies at least. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you can follow over. We're going to have, I'm going to try my best to keep you up to date with training camp stuff. I know James Reeve, our hockey guy, uh, will definitely help you with all keeping that up to date as well. So just follow the, us on tip of the tower with all that stuff. And yeah, we'll have, we'll have some Raptors talk, Raptors talk coming up soon. Uh, Kawhi has his first media conference scheduled. I think the 20 crap, I'm at 24th, I think is when media day is. So somewhere around those lines coming up soon. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. And, uh, yeah, you guys enjoy train the opening of training camp and hopefully some hockey talk with the Leafs, which I can't wait to do more of. So please subscribe to the podcast on your uh, on iTunes and Google Play and all of those great places you can get your podcast. And we will catch you next time.